Welcome to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century. I'm Andy Redwine, and with me is someone I would always send fruit for the holidays, Larry Brenner. How are you, Larry? I was doing great until you told me you were sending me fruit for the holidays. (laughs) Andy, my low-carb diet will not allow that. Just send a card. Just a card. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. What movie are we doing today, Larry? Uh, We are doing Herbie Rides Again from 1974. This is the sequel to the movie called The Love Bug, but it is the very first movie uh, that actually has the word Herbie in it. So Yes. Yes. It's fun. Yes. Well, some key facts to get us going. Herbie Rides Again, as you mentioned, is the sequel to the 1968 smash hit, The Love Bug. It was released as a Disney summer film. So Disney used to kind of have a film they would would release in the summer, you know, when the kids are out of school. They still kind of do that. And this was kind of in that era where they're doing more of that. Uh, movie critic Gene Siskel called the film an odds-on favorite to be a popular summer movie. He had some problems with it, uh, but overall liked it. Uh, the movie grossed $70 million domestic and worldwide, so I think it did its job. Uh, Siskel also points out the times in which this movie was made. Uh, he, their post-Watergate knocks on lawyers when Hawk says things like, even your own mothers wouldn't trust you, right? <laughs> yes, thank goodness we live in a time now where we all trust lawyers. Yes. Uh, I mean, we've moved past it. We're, we've healed. We yes, feel. I think so. 1974, yes. right. Uh, let's see. Women's liberation was a big thing. Uh, and mm-hmm. the, ERA, the ERA is alluded to in the way that Nicole manages Willoughby. And, of course, the 1970s had a lot of people complaining about gas prices and the need for good mileage cars like the VW Bug. Huh. It just <laughs> shows how far we've come. You know, could you imagine living in a time where you didn't trust lawyers, where people were trying to, like, maybe imply that women shouldn't have their full full autonomy uh, or, or that gas prices were high? What a utopia uh, we live in now. In 1974, uh, <laughs> gas prices were 59 cents a gallon. Outrageous. And- in 1972, they were 38 cents a gallon, so people were outraged. Uh, yeah. Well, Just I mean, they had that. it hard. There's no question. <laughs> Helen Hayes, who plays Mrs. Steinmetz, uh, is somebody that I think listeners really should uh, learn more about. If you don't know Helen Hayes, you should watch some of her films. You should get to know her. She had an acting career that spanned 80 years. She was the first woman performer to achieve EGOT status, so she won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and Tony Awards. Uh, She earned the title of the First Lady of the American Stage, and she was nominated for a Golden Globe for this movie, Herbie Rides Again. So, she And and for Disney, kind of a little Disney trivia, she was married to Charles MacArthur, who was a playwright and a screenwriter, and one of their children, James MacArthur, was hired by Walt Disney to star in The Light in the Forest, Third Man on the Mountain, Kidnapped, and, of course, with Stanley Robinson, he's Fritz. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So this is Fritz's mom. Mm-hmm. Kind of fun. Uh, the movie contains uh, a character reprise in Alonzo Hawk. 
So we might remember Alonzo Hawk from The Absent-Minded Professor and Son of Flubber. Yes. And so he's moved out of Medfield. He's taken his sights off of demolishing Medfield College. And he's a billionaire now, destroying old buildings to make way for his malls and skyscrapers. And a little bit of a quibble I have. He's also changed his middle initial from Alonzo P. Hawk to Alonzo A. Hawk. So I'm sure that was just the Well, oversight. I'm going to square that quibble for you, Andy. Okay. Because okay. in our modern <laughs> sensibilities, uh-huh. uh, all right, um, this implies that this Alonzo Hawk is in a separate part of the multiverse from the original Alonzo Hawk, Hawk ah. which is why these cars aren't run by Flubber. It is. It implies the existence of a Disney multiverse, and ah. there are Alonzo Hawks in each of them. And uh, I think I think that does the job. Well, Keenan Wynn, who plays Alonzo Hawk, his full name is Francis Xavier Aloysius. James Jeremiah Keenan Wynn. Holy and of course, cow. His, his last two names he shares with both of his parents, Hilda Keenan, who was an actress, and, and uh, Ed Wynn, of course, who was a comedian and vaudeville player. Uh, Keenan Wynn plays two other Hawk-like characters in Disney filmography. First, is he plays a character named Martin Ridgway in a movie from 1972 called The Snowball Express. And again, he plays a Hawk-like character in 1976 as John Slade in the shagging DA. These are virtually the same characters in each movie. I have to tell you, Graydon was not going to watch, Graydon's my youngest, he was not going to watch this movie with me. That's right. And when I was taken by surprise that Alonzo Hawk was in this movie, <laughs> uh, and I was like, Graydon, come here. And he's like, is that, is that the oh. guy from <laughs> The Absent-Minded Professor? I said, yes. I said, it's not just the guy, it's the character. And he went, what? <laughs> And he was in. Uh, he all was in. in. Right, right. But I, everybody I in mean, this house likes Alonzo Hawk, too. Yeah, my, we're big, we're big I maintain fans. that Keenan Wynn is a proto-J.K. Simmons. Like, Oh, wow, yeah. Like, if if he were alive today, and, and I'm, I'm assuming he has passed. I just yes, realized I don't has. know that for a fact. He has. Um, I, he, he would be doing those those roles, the J. Jonah Jameson type roles. Uh, oh, he, yeah, yeah, He yeah. and J.K. Simmons would absolutely, like, be in the same, like, waiting room for auditions. It would. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, if you're interested in learning more about the Wynn family, um, and, of course, Keenan's father is Ed Wynn, as I mentioned, uh, also in Disney. He's uh, Uncle, what's, I just blank. Uncle Albert. Uncle Albert in Mary Poppins. That's right. Um, and also, I believe, in- the Mad Hatter. Yeah, yeah. So if you're interested in learning more about this family, there's this great book by Keenan's son, Ned, who was a screenwriter, um, called We Will Always Live in Beverly Hills. It's out of print, but if you're interested in a scavenger hunt, it's I think it's worth your time. So that's what I Very. got. Very cool. Well, so then let's get into this movie, uh, Herbie Rides Again. Uh, and as we get into it, I'm I, uh, I'm going to give my now standard disclaimer that plot in this movie gets a little sloppy. And when plot is sloppy, sometimes the events in my mind just get mixed around because some of them could have happened in any particular order. I just want to... Mm-hmm. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, but we start with the Manish Tana, and we ask, why are we picking up the Herbie story here? And why is our, why is our moment of, of, why do we begin exactly where we begin? 
And this movie begins with us seeing a bunch of buildings get destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to posit that there is a parallel here, which I have not fully dissected. The The Love Bug movie began with a bunch of racing uh, footage. Um, this right, movie a, de- a demolition derby, right? Demolition yeah, derby or, stuff. Yeah. And this yeah. one also begins with, like, buildings being destroyed. As we watch the buildings are destroyed, we meet not our protagonist, but our antagonist, Alonzo Hawk, as right. he is touring through Italy for some reason. Uh, and at one point, you know, the, the cab driver who's touring <laughs> him around shows him the Coliseum. And Alonzo Hawk says, yeah, it would be great to tear that down and turn it into a parking lot. Um, it is, It is in many ways more about introducing our antagonist than yes. it is about introducing our premise, which is there. there is an intelligent car. Uh, Andy, why do you think we start here? Well, I mean, I think they're teasing us a little bit, right? Um, we want to see Herbie because his name's in the title, but um, we're not seeing Herbie right away. And so, um, and as you mentioned, the first Herbie movie does have that prologue with Jim at the Demolition Derby. He's destroying cars. Jim's the protagonist. This time we're going to meet a different antagonist. So we don't have Thorndike anymore. We have a different villain, but he's a beloved villain and he's somebody that we know. Yes. Um, so we, we, if you've seen the absent minded professor and this audience would have, they would know Alonzo Hawk and they would get reintroduced to him all over again. I mean, I, I think we get some great characterization of this villain. Um, you know, he's got an international company. He's willing to tear down places like the Coliseum, like you mentioned. He has a spotlight in his office to shine on him when he opens the door, which I think is fantastic. I mean, that's my dream. <laughs> Absolutely. That's when you that's how you know you've arrived, right? Um, yeah. And he's insincere, but he's capable of turning on the charm to get what he wants. And uh yeah, so we get that traditional let's meet the antagonist before we meet our hero. Uh, I agree. So here's the thing that I found baffling about this opening, more so even than that we're starting on him, but that Mm -hmm. we start in Italy, which in Rome, which for me led me to think, and I, I try to go into these movies blind when I can, led me to believe that this was going to be the equivalent of Herbie goes to Rome, that that like the movie was going to be set here because that's part of what you want to do with your movie you want to ground it and say here is the place in time and space where your movie is set why go to rome and i guess they would go to rome just to get the joke of when he sees the coliseum (laughs) the only thing he can think of is tear it down and make a parking lot or a shopping mall right exactly I, i i will ding this movie for disorienting me uh, it took me a while to figure out we had shifted locations to San Francisco. Yeah, it takes a hot minute. Um, so, and I think we even have to get signs that tell us this yes. is Alonzo. This is Alonzo's building. He's the president, and oh, this is the office of the president. We're in San Francisco now. I mean, we have, and that takes a good like, that takes a good like seven or eight seconds from the hawk to the sign to the other sign. 
Um, and so and if you think we're ever going back to Rome, that that was somehow foreshadowing, <laughs> it was not. It was not right. foreshadowing. It was just someone wanted an all-expense-paid trip to Rome on Disney's dime, <laughs> and by God, they got it. Or a CGI. Uh, I'm a CGI moment, right? <laughs> sure. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So let's let's get into structure a little bit. And again, I'm going to apologize if I'm out of sequence a little bit, but we stay on Alonzo Hawk. We see him go into a press conference. Uh, where they're unveiling uh, the new Hawk Tower, which is a giant H. How fantastic <laughs> is that? Um, it, it, it's it's so great. It's good and it's going to be the biggest building in the world. So this right. is like world news. And he has this press conference and he pretends, although we can see he's pretending, to be this <laughs> sentimental guy. He talks about like, look, there's a tear forming in my eye. There is no tear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, moments later, like as the press oh. is leaving, somebody pulls off the skyscraper top and we see that underneath the skyscraper, there's this one house. Some due diligence is is never Alonzo Hawk's uh, strong point in these movies. No, no. Uh, but apparently, somehow, they all miss the fact that while they've torn down and purchased every other building in these lots and they have the construction crews ready to go, there is still this one house that they haven't knocked down. Yeah. Okay. And this has been an ongoing problem. It's an ongoing problem he thought was resolved, but clearly was not resolved. Mm-hmm. Moments later, uh, Alonzo Hawk's nephew, Willoughby, comes in, and Willoughby sort of hero worships Alonzo Hawk, having been told what a great man he is uh, by his mother for, for his entire life. He gives him the Uh, Humanitarian of the Year Award. (laughs) Gives him the Humanitarian of the Year Award. It is a great exchange between the Mm -hmm. two of them because Alonzo Hawk's like, why are you giving me this? Um, And and at first, at first, Alonzo's like, hey, Willoughby, you're just as corrupt as me. You rigged it for me. I love that about you, which is great. But then he's almost disappointed to find out that Willoughby is actually being sincere. In approaching him with the Humanitarian of the Year Award. And, you know, it it occurs to me that if if the stranger who comes to town, if we started on Willoughby, but we didn't get all of this stuff with Hawk first, we wouldn't have this jarring contrast. Yes. No, I'm with you. In fact, I I mean, I I feel like maybe this is the inciting incident uh, mm. That that you know, like the new person coming into your life is often the inciting incident for these movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that Willoughby is going to inject himself into this uh, Herbie uh, Alonzo Hawk feud. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's quite here. It may be a little bit down the line. Uh, I had a hard time with inciting incident here because this is another movie where the conflict began prior to the start of the movie. Right. Uh, right. So I'm gonna. I'll, I'll tell you. I'm, I usually ask you to go first, but I feel like I've spoiled it. I feel like it. my inciting incident is Willoughby meets um, meets Nicole, and that changes oh, wow. everything for him. Um, but I'm not sure. Do you have a different? Well, it answer? is. It is tough because right now 
the dramatic question is with Hawk. Can he get this uh, building built? Can, will Mrs. and Mrs. The way it's set up, he is sort of a protagonist. Yes. But Mrs. Steinmetz would be the antagonist from him getting what he wants. But you then, know, you're exactly right. No, no, keep going. Yeah, yeah but then we've got Will- Willoughby who comes in, right? And I think the movie wants Willoughby to be the protagonist. Um, because, you know, here he is and he's in all worship of, of Hawk. But man, the story really is, this is Hawk's story. That is exactly right. So the problem with this scene, not that it's, look, listener. I love, I enjoyed love this, this movie. movie. I'd watch I it again tonight. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't <laughs> write it this way today. No, no. But I had a good time. Right. But this in these scenes, I'm not in Willoughby's perspective of the scene. I'm in Hawk's perspective of the scene. Yes. I'm watching it through him. And I I don't know, Andy. I don't want to say that he's the protagonist of this movie. But do we spend more time with him than anybody else? I think we do. He's the villain we love to hate, right? Um, And so uh, there's a whole lot of exposition. I mean, the Manish Tanazal exposition we have that build up to sending Willoughby to Steinmetz, but we, and that's sort of where we shift with a point of view right. in that moment. And and so you could say the inciting incident would be sending Willoughby to Steinmetz. Yeah, we could. Um, but, you know, again, we want to see Herbie. And again, the movie's going to make us wait. I mean, we know, right? We know there's some dramatic irony here that Herbie is an animated car that does whatever. But if you've never if you've never seen a Herbie movie before and Herbie just kind of rolls on Willoughby's foot, that would be kind of something. Well, I don't really know what that's about, but okay. But I don't think we I don't think with a sequel we're allowed to take that perspective. I I right, think right. If I've bought my ticket for this movie, I'm here to see Herbie. Right. And now, now that we're saying this, I think the Herbie movies that come after the love bug always have this problem to solve. The inciting incident cannot be the reveal that Herbie is alive right. or, or sentient. I, I don't want to quibble about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it has to be something else because we've already had that inciting incident. And, and to keep seeing that as the fresh new thing is going to uh-huh. be wasted on an audience that knows it's coming. So, so at the point where Willoughby goes to the Steinmetz house, now we're watching the scenes through his eyes because now, you know, you know, he's coming into scene and he's bringing us with him. Mm -hmm. He meets uh, Mrs. Steinmetz and they get off to a great start. Um, He's there ostensibly, I mean, to get her to sell the house and he thinks he's doing her a favor. Uh, and I think that's interesting. Alonzo says, like, listen, this guy is sincere. He's the thing mm-hmm. that none of my lawyers are. He's the thing I'm not. Maybe if I right. send this sincere person who really believes he's helping her, uh, I can we can close this deal. Right. Which which is great. It well, and Alonzo has to lie to, to Willoughby to even get him to go, right? He, he lies without him. lying, which is fantastic. <laughs> 
He does the, some people would say, I've been hearing that. A lot of people are saying that the cats have gone missing in the neighborhood. Uh, right. But he doesn't right. actually say it because that's, you know, slander. Right. Um, he he <laughs> says, I people. wouldn't say it, but I've many heard people. it. I've heard many it. people. Sure. Many people. Many are people are saying it. Uh, which is which is such a great thing for a villain to do, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, so so Willoughby comes in. They get off to a great start. Nicole comes in, and she is more cynical. Uh, in fact, like hits him mm-hmm. uh, a couple of times, as as I recall, because she knows he comes from Alonzo Hawk, and if you come from Alonzo Hawk, you're bad. You're just bad news, right? Mrs. Steinmetz immediately sees that there is something between the two of them mm-hmm. um, and, and is like trying to get them together. At the same point, you know, uh, Nick, what Nicole really wants to show Willoughby that Herbie is alive, that me, Herbie made the choice to roll on his foot. They right. get into the car. We have a fun sequence in which every time Willoughby insults Herbie, Herbie <laughs> acts up and does some crazy shenanigans. Well, That's and we fun. have my fa- we have my favorite scene in all of the Herbie movies, which is the joust. Yes, <laughs> the jousting competition, and I'm like. Having to explain to my kids that, yes, in the 1970s, people used to play chicken with their cars. (laughs) Here's my favorite thing. At the end of the joust, when Willoughby and and Herbie have won the joust, the judge comes over and goes, here's your prize, $3. (laughs) (laughs) People are wrecking their cars in in the hope of winning $3. Love love it. Love it. Um, and over the course of this, uh, now what's interesting here is the pivot point is not that Willoughby now knows that Herbie is alive. Right. Instead, it's Willoughby's awakening to the fact that his uncle is not the man that he thought he was. Right. And when that happens, what we get over the course of our rising action is a series of um uh, Alonzo Hawk comes up with a scheme to get the house mm-hmm. and Willoughby, Nicole, but, and Mrs. Steinmetz, but mostly Herbie foil right. the scheme to get the house. This happens again and again. While this is happening during the rising action, uh, we get a fun romance between yeah. Willoughby and Nicole. I love the scene when, when he says, you know, actually, you know, Alonzo Hawk is my uncle, and she picks up the lobster and smacks him in the face, knocking him into the water. <laughs> yeah, cool. I mean, there's a lot of physical comedy in this movie that w- that's pretty innocuous, um, and I think kids, you know, think that's funny. She's so great in this movie. She really is great. In this movie. You want to talk strong female character? I'm I'm not even saying by 1974 standards. I'm saying today's standards. Today's standards. Yeah. She holds up way Mm -hmm. ahead of her time. I loved her. Yeah. Loved her in this. She's Um, great. Yeah. Uh, So this continues to happen. When do you think this movie reaches its climax? Well, I have a point here that I want to make when we talk about climax. This movie has a false climax yes. in falling action, which I think is really neat. And from a craft perspective, I thought this is 
This is pretty great because I really thought the wrecking ball to Hawk's house would be the climax, right? Particularly <laughs> after he, he makes the I've learned my lesson call to Mrs. Steinmetz. But no, <laughs> Hawk's up to even more tricks. And this time he's coming in stronger than ever to tear I down that firehouse. Th- that moment tricked me. Yeah. It completely tricked me. I even have in my notes, I had to cross it out. I, mm-hmm. This is a pretty weak climax, but I guess the movie's over. Yeah. Because um, it but felt like not. a climax. At yes. the time, but it's not. The actual right. climax is the siege, right? Right. When he gets right. all of the construction vehicles and they are getting ready to demolish the house, mm-hmm. people in it or no. Right. Um I think... I think uh, that is the climax. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we get the big confrontation, and mm-hmm. then we get some falling action. And as in the previous movie, it ends with a wedding, <laughs> right. and, and Herbie's get going our on ending right on another honeymoon, <laughs> right? And um, you know, Alonzo Hawk has been defeated uh, thoroughly. There will not be a hawk tower there there's even the hope that mrs steinmetz is going to to get remarried to mm-hmm. um mr judson is that mr. who it judson, is and that's right and yes. we get the perp walk right we get to see this great payoff with hawk and the traffic commissioner yeah not enough of hawk and he you know nobody is above the law and they slap the cuffs on hawk and away he goes so yeah it's pretty great stuff. It's, yeah um I, I think the plot is sloppy. Uh, and I'm gonna uh, maybe sloppy is too too pejorative. Messy. I'll go with messy over than sloppy. I'll agree um, with you that it's messy and that. But it's, it's a fun almost... ride. I think yeah. thinking of this movie as a ride rather than a movie, uh, and like just like enjoy shenanigans. Mm-hmm. What I'm basically saying is, if you're going to analyze this movie too much, you shouldn't watch it. Andy, <laughs> let's analyze this movie too much. <laughs> Let's do it. So in this movie, we have three different characters. We have Willoughby, we have Mrs. Steinmetz, and we have Nicole. And none of them, Mrs. well, Mrs. Steinmetz does not want that firehouse knocked down, right? Sure. And Nicole has joined that effort. She doesn't want, she wants to protect her as well. That is also Herbie's mission, to keep the firehouse intact. But it has to become Willoughby's mission. And throughout the episodes that we see, her Willoughby goes through a journey of getting closer and closer and closer to that. The problem we have is we have a whole lot of Hawk in there, which is great. It's great, great. yes, but. But but we're not really focused on Willoughby's journey. This and and Hawk makes no real journey because he gets what's coming to him, right? Um but yeah, if this is a traditional hero, this isn't a traditional hero's journey kind of movie. Um, this is a movie where three people come together to start working together on a common goal. To defeat it's more Alonzo of a found Hawk. family piece. And I guess my real yeah. issue with the climax is um, Willoughby does not have the moment where he really stands up to Hawk and like, Hawk sprays fire at him in terms of verbally spraying fire. Like he, right. I mean, Hawk bulldozes everybody verbally. That's right. what he does. And so we're missing on, a showdown. We're missing that showdown. 
Early on in the movie, we see Willoughby getting ready to make that kind of showdown. He walks into the room and he gets intimidated by him and and walks away. And like he he flees like a like a Uh coward from the confrontation. He calls from a nearby phone booth, pretending that like like he's on the other side of the country. Yeah, I mean, we we almost need we almost. We almost need that. You're right, Larry. We almost need that, like Back to the Future moment where you have George McFly and there's Biff, and he can't he can't confront Biff. But then when it really counts at the end, he says, "No, Biff. Like, keep your hands off of her." Right? That like, is that's exactly what we, that's, right. We need that moment with Willoughby where Willoughby says, "No, Uncle Alonzo, you stay away from this firehouse." And here's why. And like goes into it. And every time that. Uh, Alonzo tries to get a word in edgewise. He keeps going. He bulldoze. Yes. He needs to bulldoze Alonzo yes. right back. Yes, right back. And and I think in the process earn his respect. Yeah, yeah. not that he wants it anymore, but he should get it. And yeah. this movie is missing that. Uh, and I think that's unfortunate. I think so too. So I All mean right. that is a. I think we've kind of transitioned into protagonist problems here. Uh, right, a little because, bit, because and and it, that is the main protagonist problem. Because the way the movie is structured, it's structured with Hawk as the protagonist. Yeah, but Hawk is the antagonist trying to hurt people. So it's it's a little messy, like you said. But again, and what lesson does, does Alonzo learn other than don't mess with Herbie? Right, and like, don't mess with the traffic commissioner. Apparently, <laughs> maybe, maybe, right? Like he just messed with the wrong people. It certainly worked right. for him. In every previous instance in his life, it just didn't right. work this one time. That's right. All right, let's 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 get into character a bit. Well, let's talk about Herbie. Well, Herbie isn't the protagonist of this movie, I don't think, even though his name's in the title. He um, isn't, and and Andy, I have big problems with Herbie Herbie in this movie. Uh, so Herbie doesn't really need to be in this movie. No, can I say that? I mean, he is a definite uh, part. I mean, he wins the race in the first movie. He does things, but he we could solve problems in other ways without Herbie in this He's movie. He's fun. I think. We get we get so many yes. fun visuals from him. Yeah, I don't know yep. that we have a movie without him. But at the same point, I don't think we have a movie about him. But here here is my rant. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, I'm sassing up. Sass so up. His, <laughs> this made me laugh. But after we meet Herbie, uh, later that evening, we see Herbie parked outside the firehouse and we zoom in on Herbie as Mm -hmm. if we are zooming into Herbie's mind. And we flash back to Herbie in the first movie entering all these races and winning. And Mm -hmm. I believe, you know, like, you know, the way that Herbie is playing the scene, uh, you know, what the actor's (laughs) bringing to this, his emoting. What what I felt uh, in that moment was being communicated to me is this going to this joust with Willoughby mm-hmm. reawakened in Herbie his desire to compete right. in races. Yeah. That's why we're seeing him remember all of the times he raced. Right. And in fact, Herbie does not race in this movie. There's no payoff. Herbie's arc needs to be like i'm just when i thought i was out they bring me back in i want to go back to racing right uh and it doesn't happen well i mean if you look at the third uh sequel as part of uh, if this is the first part of the of a third sequel 
um, Herbie goes to Monte Carlo, right? So he has to go back and, and race again, but he's going to do it in Europe with Jim. But again, we don't know that yet. That is a very generous reading of this movie as it if, is like, very they're saving it for yeah. the third movie because they have a trilogy in mind. I do right. not believe <laughs> you don't buy it. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's how we would look at a movie like that today. I think we would look at it like, oh yeah, but they've got another movie planned, right? Um, so that's a possibility. And and as you said, that's so generous, generous of Spin. This okay. is this is why you need to balance me out. Um, it's so <laughs> well, I mean, Herbie Herbie doesn't tolerate being insulted, right? He he changes. One of the things I love about him in this movie is that he's he's devoted to Mrs. Steinmetz. Because of his prior relationship to Tennessee, and yes. he's willing to set aside that desire to race to protect her and save the firehouse. Okay, I've, I've got. I agree with you. I love the scenes where Herbie's chasing the birds on the beach. Oh, that's such, oh yeah, that's such a that's great, great character moment for him. Yeah. Um, however, I have two more things I need to say about Herbie. If if okay. I may, sure. Is Herbie special? Is he the only sentient VW bug? Because there is a scene that happens mm -hmm. later on in the movie where he starts communicating to other VW bugs and they follow him to the firehouse. He leads right. an army of love bugs uh, against the firehouse. And mm -hmm. for me, that was a that was a breaking the rules moment. We they have established in these movies that other things can come to life, um, right. you know, and and we get to see the trolley that's come to life in this movie, mm -hmm. and the and the uh, jukebox the that's are right, but yes, yeah, that's come to life in this movie, and that's that's fine. But the idea that every VW bug is alive that that's mm. what Farfignugan is. Um, <laughs> you remember Farfignugan. Uh, okay. If I do that, that, that for me makes Herbie less special, not more special. Yeah. Agree. And my third Herbie issue is not <laughs> oh. really about Herbie at all, but it is about Jim and Carol from the first movie. And why is Jim racing in Europe without Herbie? Yeah. I don't believe, like, if you told me that this was some time later and Jim's racing career was over now, I would be, I think, better disposed to it. Or if you even went so far as to say that Jim had passed and now the mm -hmm. car was in Mrs. Steinmetz's possession, I'd be okay mm -hmm. with it. At the end of the Love Bug movie, it was clear to me. Jim was going to be a one car guy for the rest of his life. And, and now I feel not. like Jim is cheating on Herbie over in Europe. It feels that way, doesn't it? Um, <clears throat> I will say that Herbie is aging. I mean, he, so in the first movie, he's not, it's 1962. It's a 1962 bug made in 1968, right? Right, And so I kind of wondered if his age wasn't a thing, a part of that. He used to be a racing car, right? Um, and maybe he's older now. I mean, that's kind of the vibe I got from it. But but I understand. This, this is the point. farm he's retired to to yeah, live out his yeah. days. And right. maybe they're putting him out to stud. I, I, I guess. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I guess. But shame on you, Jim. Shame on you. 
Yeah, well, shame on it. Just wait till we get to the next movie. You're going to really hate Jim. Okay. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Steinmetz, Helen Hayes. Um, you know, she paints herself as this delicate flower, but she's really kind of a tough old broad. <laughs> I love that she has such confidence in Herbie that she's just knitting. As Herbie is driving <laughs> up, like, sides of buildings over the Golden Gate Bridge. Over, not on the Golden Gate Bridge, just <laughs> over it. it. Uh, and she's just like, it's going to be fine. Uh, oh, when the goes out of control, <laughs> she's still knitting and having a lovely conversation <laughs> with Mr. Judson. <laughs> what I, mean, I think, yeah, what I think is most interesting about her portrayal is she is tough, but also generous of spirit. Yes. And, and willing to think the best of everyone even Alonzo Hawk, who doesn't well, yeah. deserve that. And she, you know, when he calls her to talk, she really accepts him and says, I'm so glad you called. I mean, she's very generous in that way. And mm-hmm. I think she is the personification of a theme in this movie that there are things more important than money. Oh, for sure. Right. And so and that preserving memories and and are important and and establishing new relationships are important, too. I think there's a movie where she could be fully the protagonist where uh-huh. what we see is in her attempt to preserve the firehouse, which is linked to her memories of her late husband. Uh-huh. Uh, like there's something fine with that, but maybe her flaw is while, while she should want to retain this, she is so focused on retaining it. She isn't living. And then like her meeting, Mr. Judson, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Like she's like, you know what? I can move on. Um, right. Like it, it, there might be a version of this movie where at the end she says, I'm glad I stopped him from demolishing the house, but you know what? Now that it's a national landmark, I don't need to live here anymore. Right. It's preserved, exactly. but yeah. I'm not stuck here. And I think, I think that's in the performance, mm-hmm. even if it's not really in the script. I think that's what she brings to it. I think she brings an arc to this character where there really isn't one or hasn't been one before. Um, yeah. She, uh, it, it's not on the page. It's in Helen Hayes. And I think that's the genius of who she is as a, as an actor. Um, I, I agree with you. I think, I think that if we saw this movie from her point of view, it might actually be a stronger movie. I think so too. I think so, so. too. And, but, but, um, that that is that is challenging preconceived notions of who goes to the movies, I suppose. And, and I suppose who, so. who we yes. want to relate to. Uh, and maybe 1974 isn't willing to do that work yet. Yeah. Willoughby Whitfield, Ken Berry. Uh, Ken Berry was on the Andy Griffith show. F Troop. He was also in Disney's The Cat from Outer Space, uh, which comes along a few years later in 1978. And he's also on the sitcom Mama's Family. If you yes. remember that from the 80s. Yeah. He's great. I think Ken Berry is an un, under unsung hero when it comes to being an actor. I think he's great. I think he's great in everything. I I think he's very good in this. I think I, I, we said earlier that he doesn't get to have a full arc because the script doesn't provide him wa- with one. Right. Um, his chemistry with Herbie is not as strong as Jim's chemistry with Herbie. And no. again, I think that's great. That's a script issue. His chemistry is with Nicole, and yes. they are great together. Yes. Like the, the sparks fly there. Uh, but 
But ultimately, the way he's written doesn't doesn't allow us to put Herbie at the center of a movie where Herbie should be at the center of it. Well, I, you're right. I mean, I think this movie, as we said earlier, wants Willoughby to be the protagonist and go from a mouse or a rabbit, as he says, to a man right through the whole ordeal. Um, and he's committed to principles, which he never deviates from that. Um, but he isn't part of the showdown, really. Nope. And, uh, nor is and, it really and that's imp- what I want. That's really what I want. Nor is it really important that he ever learns that Herbie is alive. That was a big part of Jim's Jim's journey in the first movie was was recognizing Herbie's personhood. Right. Uh, right. Willoughby doesn't. The stakes for Willoughby do not rest on him accepting Herbie's personhood. If he never believed it the entire movie, I think the movie would play out just the same. But the stakes do rest on Alonzo Hawk realizing that Herbie is has personhood. Right. Sort of. And sort so of. again, again, we're messing with the the protagonist function playfully. Do they know what they're doing? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe is a very is is as is as mean as Andy can be. That that's that's it. All right, Nicole Harris, um, who is played by Stephanie Powers. And if you saw the series Heart to Heart in the early 80s, Stephanie plays Jennifer in that. So she is so a, great. It's such it's, a great it's such a great series. You should I check mean, it as, out. As and but she, and she's so great in this movie. Oh, she's too. fabulous. She, she is comes so confident. In, yes. She comes in easily at an eight, right? In terms yeah. of energy. She allows herself to go down to maybe a six and a half. Right. And she definitely gives herself the room to get to 10 later in the movie when she hits him with the lobster. That is Mm -hmm. a 10 moment. And then she brings the energy back down to a nine. And you're always wondering she could hit 10 again. Yeah. She is the incredible Hulk of this movie. And I am here for it. Wow. Wow. Same I, I I really think it's the performances in this movie that make me enjoy it so much. Well, I mean, you have really solid actors in in these four. Or really, well, we've mentioned Keenan Wynn. These four people make this movie so much more than it is on the page. <laughs> it, uh, they really turn something. They really make it dynamite, I think. The real hero of this movie is the casting director. And I wish yes. I had that name available to me right now. But whoever uh, cast yeah. this movie, feel good about your mastery of the craft. You right. you you did a human's work. It's yeah, it's amazing. That's right. I mean she so so Nicole serves as Willoughby's love interest, but really she starts being really proactive as well. She yes. starts taking things on. She starts, um, you know, she's there to save Mrs. Steinmetz. She wants to do good work. And, uh, yeah. She, she has her own career. Her, her one flaw is sometimes she has to go to work and leave the firehouse because she's an independent woman who brings in an income. Um, right. and, and, and sometimes she hits people's with lo- people with lobsters prematurely. Um, so I would cons- learn if I met her in real life, I would bring a lobster to her and say, would you do me the honor of smacking me across the face with this lobster? I would get it okay. videotaped and it would 
We would, we would watch it that. every year. We would TikTok that. Yes. Oh, for yes. sure. Oh, okay. for sure. <laughs> well, let's talk about Alonzo Hawk. Um, we've talked about him some. Um, I think again, I think there's a reason why Keenan Wynn gets top billing here. Um, Deserves it. The thing that about Hawk that's so fascinating to me is that he's willing to play his nephew. He's willing to, he tells him all the things he's willing to give Mrs. Steinmetz. He sets her up as a villain. And then he tells uh, Willoughby all the things he's willing to give to Mrs. Steinmetz, even though she's a villain. And it makes him almost like this Messiah character who's going to save the day when in reality he's, a scumbag. <laughs> I, I love that moment. I love that moment because what's clear to me is this. You know, I, he while he respects Willoughby less for Willoughby's hero worship of him because he knows he doesn't deserve it, he also loves the fact that there's someone out there who's been conned into thinking he's a paragon. He wants to have it both ways. He wants to be terrible, mm-hmm. but he also wants to be seen as something that he knows he's not as a great man. And, and like, that is, (laughs) that is a fun conflict for him, right? Like it's just, it's enjoyable. Uh, You know, he's someone who understands the power of publicity and PR. And he's given the opportunity again and again, there's a, I mean, there's a big, what suds in his, in his uh, office there's his house gets hit with a wrecking ball. He's given opportunities again and again to change, and he does not. He doubles down. What in, in fact, like it is the only option for him. Every time there's an off ramp, he just like he's like, no, 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 no. Let's see if I can crime my way out of my other crimes. <laughs> right. right. And so he's fabulous. He's fabulous. Guy. Yes. I love it. A um, couple of ancillary characters I want to talk about. Um, Mr. Judson, who shows up at the end of the movie. And, I mean, this guy has more of an arc than a lot of, you know, the protagonists in this film, I think. Um, you could do a movie about <laughs> a, a, a person who has gotten himself to the place where he is getting so drunk every night that, like, he loses control. And then he meets this car. Right. And the car helps him dry out and turn his life around. You could do it. Yeah. Uh, but it's I also mean, he goes quite... from, oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, he goes from drunk to this sober man who's willing to really protect Mrs. Steinmetz at all costs, right? To the point where she says, like, maybe you're worthy of the mantle. Uh, yeah. That my, my husband set a high bar. I believe the best in you. I believe that you can be that, which is her character. She believes the best in everyone. Yep. And and most of the time, she gives the, them the opportunity to be that. She does that for Willoughby, and mm-hmm. she does that for Mr. Judson. She's willing to see them at their best, and she's even willing to do that for Alonzo Hawk, uh, mm-hmm. and, and Hawk rejects it. Uh, right. But but these two men become the thing she wants them to be. Yeah, and and Mr. Judson does. And at the end, I'm rooting for him. And if yeah. the wedding was their wedding. And not it would have Nicole been even Louise. better. Yes. yes. It would have been even better. Agree. Or a double wedding or something. Yeah. 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 Willoughby sure. should catch the bouquet. That's what I want. Right. Right. So I love Millicent uh, in this movie. The 
secretary who's willing to do whatever for Mr. Hawk. She does um, a good job. Yeah. She does a great job. And I really wish we could see more from her point of view. No, I mean, she's, she is the person who is in on who he really is. The person mm-hmm. who has figured out how to manage him and flourish in his world where the lawyers have not figured it out. Right, right, um, right. I mean, honestly, the way that you really defeat the Alonzo Hawks in the world is is talking to the Millicents of the world yes. and getting them to rearrange <laughs> their schedule. Right. Keep, like, Millicent is the one who knows, you guys, you're, you're trying to get him to do what you want to do. What you got to do is distract him. Right. Put something shiny in front of him. He'll go for that. Keep him busy. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Take him to take him to the Coliseum. Right. Yeah. Um, Accidentally book his flight to Italy. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Well, let's talk about theme for a minute. Um, I I alluded to a couple with things being more important than money or preserving memories. Um, Yeah. Do you have any themes that you think? Oh, geez. Uh, I think I think the theme work is weak in this movie. Um, the best that I can come up with as a theme is maybe the power to reinvent yourself, gaining the mm-hmm. strength to reinvent who you are. I, I think Willoughby does that. Uh, I mean, Herbie one of the kind of needs to do that, but he doesn't. We can see more. I, I want more Herbie in this. I want to the first movie. We see a lot of camera shots from Herbie's perspective. We're inside the car more. Um, we're watching him drive more. Um, and he does some of that work here, but it's not quite the same. And okay, I think I've got that it. would really help the theme. I've got the yeah. theme for this movie. This movie is about preserving the past. Mm-hmm. That's the theme. Uh, because what Hudson, what, what Alonzo Hawk does is he destroys buildings, even willing to destroy the Coliseum with no consideration of preserving things that have come before. Right. Mrs. Steinmetz is the person who preserves things that comes before, not just the firehouse, mm-hmm. but also Herbie, the trolley. The, the the music box like all Memories, of it right mm-hmm. she she it is it is about how we should not throw away the things that made us who we are just because we can build something new right and i i guess that's the theme if herbie's arc is viewed from the lens of herbie feels like he's retired jim doesn't need him anymore jim's moved on to other racing cars right right. and herbie discovers that no he's not too old to make a contribution Uh Uh, that that's that's i think me imposing something onto this movie that i'm not sure is there but i think it can work interesting i need to see that herbie's mad at jim for abandoning him though for that to work or or feels Feels like he failed Jim and needed to be sidelined. Uh, you know, so, yeah, something along I mean, those yeah, lines. Yeah, we, we need something. We need more. And and with the um, plethora of exposition in this film, there's no reason why we couldn't take a moment to address Herbie's feelings and and why yeah. he's not with Jim. Agree. Ex- Agree. Exactly right. All right. It's pitch time. So Boo-boo-boo. we've got a whole lot of, uh, and we've pitched this 
this uh, stuff before, but boy, there's a whole lot. Um, there was even a television series of of the Love Bug in the '90s. Was it? Yeah, but I haven't. I saw that um, this week, but I haven't really dug it up or found it. But I might have to spend some time taking a peek. Oh, fun! Um, yeah. What do you What do you got? Okay, so as much as I did not like Herbie's army of VW bugs. Uh, my pitch is about one of those VW bugs. There's one VW bug that's about to be destroyed. The mm-hmm. door is off on the hinges, is about to be demolished. And hey, this works with the theme, right? But when mm-hmm. Herbie co- puts out the call for help, leaves his intended doom to make one last, one last run of it. Mm-hmm. And here's what I here's what I want. I want, at the end of this movie, all those other cars, we learn that it isn't that they were alive. Herbie was controlling them. He has the ability to summon other VW bugs, but there was no, like, he just took control of them, and then he sends them back to where they come. They're no longer sentient. They never were. But this bug stays. And what I want to see is Herbie, as an older brother, taking care of this young car that's been treated badly, helping to repair and heal this car uh, and taking him under his wing and providing like mentorship. I want to see, I want to see the Herbie movie. That is the equivalent of big brother. That's what like, like he's a, Uh. he's a big brother taking care of his little brother. That that's my pitch for a Herbie movie. That's amazing. I love that. I'm, I'm like, my wheels are turning. Okay. So the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, the commercials have Mickey and the gang riding up in Herbie, uh, which I love. And so then I started thinking, well, why not a Herbie ride? Or better yet, <laughs> you can, uh, can get a minivan at minivan. Get it, minivan. Oh, van yes, I get Disney it. World, at Disney World, right? Why can't you rent a Herbie? Ooh. Like, wouldn't that be swell? Like, if you could rent a Herbie and drive it around during your vacation? You know, the the, le- the ride I like the least at Disney World is Autotopia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, the one where, like, the cars just go on the track very slowly, and you can get uh-huh. the all, all the experience of driving very slowly in heavy traffic <laughs> uh, after having waited on a line for that ride. But why not make, why not make that into a Herbie ride? Why not they make have- them some Herbies? Yeah. Why not use the cars that are in, we have cars in Disneyland. I think it would be interesting to do some Herbies and uh, yeah. Oh, I've got exactly. it. I've got it. Uh, yeah. Andy, I'll, I'll go with you in test track. All I want yes. you to do is change one of those cars, <gasps> not all of them. But one of the cars on the track should randomly be Herbie. And every once in a while, someone just gets the gets into the VW. The and like you, you can't control whether you get it. You're not going to wait two hours to get another chance at maybe getting Herbie. But if it happens, it happens. And right. and uh, I think that would be a fun little tribute. That would be really, really swell. Also, if you go to yes. the Cartoon All-Star Movies Resort... There's yes. a Herbie there. There's a love. <gasps> I got my picture taken. I, it's oh! probably, it's not the original, I'm sure, but, but I got my well, picture there, taken with Herbie. There are, uh, let me say original. There are like 50 original. I mean, there, there are lots of cars that were used in the Herbie movies. So, um, so I'm yeah, going to choose to believe that's one of them. 
Of course, of course. No one disillusioned me. You know what? I'm glad we watched this movie because it's one of my, like, uh, the Alonzo Hawk in this movie is, like, literally one of my favorite things ever. Ever. I had fun. I had fun watching it. Uh, All my quibbles aside, I had a good time. And so did Graydon. So you can watch it with a young person. They'll have a good time, too. Good, good, good. What movie are we tackling next week? Oh, Andy, I know you haven't seen this one. (laughs) And I know Hunchback was a rough ride for you. But this movie puts the glad in Gladiator. We are watching (laughs) Hercules. Uh, I think I I don't want to overpromise it. I didn't know. I didn't think you'd like Hunchback. I'm sure you'll like Hercules. Oh, I'm good, sure. Good, good, good. Yeah, Hunchback is dark. Uh, it's, Hercules, uh, Hercules is, is not. lighter. Good, Hercules good. is much lighter. I think you'll have fun. Oh, good. Well, friends, if you like what you're hearing, will you do us a favor and share this podcast with another Disney or a classic movie fan? And if you write us a review, we'd be so pleased. And please, please, please check out our Once Upon a Disney Facebook page. You can tweet us at Andy Redwine or at Larry Brenner 6 or drop us a line in our mailbag at Once Upon a Disney Podcast at gmail.com. So until next time, friends, see you real soon. See you real soon. Thank you.